0: guys, it's Janice. If you love this podcast and you've gotten great value and maybe a bit of entertainment out of past episodes, please consider a donation in support of both my podcast fees and my coffee habit. There's no obligation. Just click the link below and thanks so much for your support. Now on to today's episode.
1: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring.
0: god i had an absolutely brilliant idea the other day one i am so sure of it's the idea or I mean like maybe it's not the one but you know it's really good and i definitely need to do something with it it's good it needs investigating and i and i'll do that uh but if it was really that good someone else would have done it by now wouldn't they or actually, someone else has done it. And well, I guess there's not much point in me doing it too. Phew, lifesaver that, because truth be told, I'm actually really busy with everything else right now. And there's no way I could devote enough time to that. And you know, like I'm very comfortable right now. I don't need the extra income from that idea because life is good. Besides, I, I don't know how to do that. And I'm not sure I have the ability or the headspace to take on learning all of that new stuff right now. Because, you know, I'm, I'm busy and fulfilled and, and all that. Say what? What just happened there? Have you heard those words bouncing around your head? Because I know I've heard them in mine and I have heard those words or versions of them many times from people with whom I've worked. From people I didn't expect to hear them from. So it seems that no one's immune. Today we're gonna look into how we hold ourselves back, how that might sound or what it might look like, and how to push ourselves into being resilient leaders. Hey, I'm Janice. And welcome to another episode of Connections, Coffee, and Confidence. Those are the three things I think are critical to every successful entrepreneur. So grab a cup of your favorite brew and let's get into today's episode. Welcome to part three of our mini-series on resilience. So far, we've discussed having a vision and knowing your strengths. Coming up, we have collaborating with others for longevity and new customers, and prioritizing your own health. But today, it's all about knowing when you're holding yourself back and getting out of your own way. And it's hard, eh? One thing I've learned is that everyone has doubts about themselves or their capabilities in some area of their life or another. And I hold my hand up. I have them. Heck, I had some in-your-face ones while designing this mini-series on resiliency, and even starting this podcast. But sometimes there's sneaky doubts, insidious ways we think about ourselves and to ourselves that cause us to hold ourselves back. If you are running a business, holding yourself back can be hugely detrimental to your success, which is especially harsh if you rely on your income or you have employees who count on you for their livelihood. And guys... White asparagus is the only good thing that grows in the dark, so let's bring the sunshine in and chat about how we hold ourselves back and ways to combat that doubt in your head. This has been a difficult time for everyone, including small business owners. Lots of doubts creep to the surface in times of stress, and fear or emotions are the first way we hold ourselves back. I say first because, well, it's where I'm starting. And because I think our emotions tend to affect pretty much everything else. And before we jump in, I want to clarify, I think you know this, I am not a therapist, but I do believe in them wholeheartedly. So if the doubts that you feel are beyond what I'm covering today, don't feel any shame in getting help. We all could use a little extra help sometimes. Now, like I said in the intro, we have loads of ways of telling ourselves how we can't, we shouldn't, we won't. I don't deserve that. I don't need that. I'm not at that stage. Full disclosure, I actually used some of those words yesterday. And maybe you don't use those exact words, but I bet you sometimes think that you aren't quite good enough for the next level, despite all the signs to the contrary. Perhaps you know that going live on Facebook or Instagram is what you need to do to highlight your business offers directly to your customers, but you feel really uncomfortable because you don't have amazing hair and makeup skills, or your background isn't the artfully decorated office you see so many others have. Maybe you're not a great speaker. Your running commentary actually runs away from you, and it's not the impression you want to make or someone you respect comes to you for coaching or planning and you wanna work with them, but feel intimidated by their experience and expertise. Any of that seem familiar? Well, what about, "Mm, I don't have time for that level. I love that one and it's quite prevalent. I understand it well. Sometimes it sounds like, I don't need the money. I'm very comfortable right now. It shows up by not doing the live not advertising for more clients or not accepting those who approach you because you're too busy to take on anyone else. Or it looks like having a side hustle you know can become your main income but the prospect of having to manage a day job with the growing side hustle with taking care of your own health and the kids and having a home to maintain trying to socialize and stay connected to who you are it's all overwhelming. I will address this but I want to take a second just to refer you back to episode four of this podcast series. It's on time management and it does provide some of the strategies to help combat that feeling of overwhelm. Sometimes people do reach a saturation point in their business and that's fair. But what I'm talking about here is when you're using it as an excuse. You probably could actually take on an extra client. You could spare up some time for an extra project but it's the fear that's making you hesitate and another way we hold ourselves back emotionally is by saying we don't know how to do whatever it is that we need to do to take ourselves further guys i need to call baloney on this one this is the age of the internet and if you hate computers we still have libraries guys come on please stop telling yourself you don't know how to do something and therefore it's not meant to be or it's not going to happen. That is straight up fear talking. And actually, that's what all of those beliefs are. They're fear. They all boil down to the disbelief in your own ability to manage. However, as Marie Forleo says, everything is figure outable. She actually wrote a whole book on that topic. And it's an easy read, and lays out exercises on how to prove to yourself that everything is actually figure outable. But it's the lizard brain, that ancient part of your brain that is all about survival, kicking into gear when you are thinking about trying something new or taking on more. That part of your brain is awesome. If you're an extreme daredevil or my 10 year old son, it can help keep you alive. However, it is probably holding you back from greater success and I can identify with all of those fears, all the self-limiting beliefs. I took them one at a time, and I decided to tackle them because they were getting in my way. I still tackle them, and I still work with women who are tackling them every day of their incredibly successful lives. I discovered podcasts like Rise by Rachel Hollis, and I read her books. Some of what she says applied, and some of it didn't, so I took what I could use and read the rest with well, slightly less interest. I read Jen Sincero's books and I love them, but I'm not going to name them because my podcast is aligned with a no swearing and suitable content policy. So those of you who know me may be raising your eyebrows, but whatever, I can do this. And maybe Rach or Jen's style isn't your style. Maybe they don't speak to you and that's cool, but there are so many people out there who are giving tons of free content away to help you combat those notions. Jen Hatmaker, Marie Forleo, who I love for so many reasons, Dave Hollis just released a book called Get Out of Your Own Way, which seems like something some of us could pay attention to. Jay Shetty is soft and calming, and Dean Graziosi is full of you can do it, and Tony Robbins is an even louder version of that. Poke around, see who appeals most of them are on YouTube and have books. They even read their books themselves on Audible and they're just super accessible. They run amazing Facebook communities where you can get inspiration and chat with people who are going through the same struggles in their businesses and in themselves. It's up to you to decide to take it on. I'll link to my favorites in the notes just in case you're interested. Another option is a more personal approach. There are coaches for every genre of industry, fitness, health, writing, social media, project management, architectural, virtual assistants, there are even people have spirit guides and there are those who absolutely love them and the path they are guided down. I don't judge and I do respect everyone who is able to reach out and commit to working with someone who will hold them accountable. A good coach will work with you to break down those self-limiting beliefs and create strategies to move through them. Therapists and counselors are also able to work with you to break through those ideas, although you're not going to get the same style of business assistance, so you need to have some skills or some other resources to tap for that. This is a commitment of time and money, and that's for you to judge whether those are investments you are able to undertake right now. But maybe that whole self-help or motivational arena, whatever you want to call it, is not your jam. Doesn't matter because you owe it to yourself to not let those beliefs hold you back. Another way to approach this is to rely on yourself. Find something you can commit to, a goal or a person you don't want to let down, and let that be your motivator. You can pull yourself forward to prove someone else wrong, can't you? Isn't that like the most satisfying feeling like nothing else? Listen, once you have a motivator in mind, go for it. Sometimes I need to actually ask myself, is this going to kill me? Am I going to die if I do this? Hint, the answer is never yes. But sometimes I need to realize that before taking the steps I designed to get me to my goal. Sometimes I need to look at what I don't have, or what is not good enough, and decide that I need something better, more than I am scared of failing. Does that make sense? It's looking at my lack and deciding that's not good enough, or deciding that lack is actually worse than what could possibly happen if I try. People tend to be more motivated by fear of missing out. FOMO is real, people. So think about what you're missing out on by allowing those fears to limit you. You could be missing out on a client who pays you enough money to pay a cleaner and still have money in your pocket. Or a client who will challenge you to become better and bring in even more clients or start charging more money for your services, allowing you to take on less clients but make more income. You could be missing out on a networking opportunity that brings you to a different market or a different but complementary line of business. Exciting things that make entrepreneurs jump out of bed in the morning, looking forward to conquering the challenges. That's what you could be missing out on. And think about what all your potential clients and customers are missing out on. They're missing out on you. Now, don't get me wrong. You may never move past these issues completely, but you'll move forward far enough to begin growing your business because you'll realize that you can cope, you can manage, and you can figure it out. You can, by the way, some days totally suck, but you can do it. So now that your hearts are going to move forward being happy and brave, let's talk about how it shows up when you are what's holding your business back. Sometimes your business is a bit stagnant. Sometimes you haven't seen much growth, and right now, sure, there are some solid reasons why this could be happening. I can't do much to help your customer base physically stay healthy or believe in the economy or things like that. But we can look at some of your behaviors, which you have direct responsibility for maintaining or changing. And you might be surprised at how they align with some of those beliefs we were discussing. Do you find yourself doing more of this stuff in your business? You know, The things that need to be done like the books or the ordering or taking out the garbage or cleaning your office or the social media, doing that stuff more than you actually manage your business? Do you find yourself spending your valuable time doing things that you can't farm out because you have no one else to cover for you? If you're spending more time in the business rather than working on your business, I respectfully suggest that you are not using your time to your best advantage. You are the one who had the initial idea, who had the passion and the drive to start. You are the one who made the mistakes, who learned, who met people and exchanged ideas and tried things out and celebrated your first sale. Those are the jobs of a leader, and leaders know what is happening on the ground. They're able to jump in as and when necessary to do any job that's required, but they best serve an organization from a step above. Dude, if you're mistaken for the receptionist, but have a client list expansive enough to warrant an actual receptionist? Perhaps you should be playing to your strengths and leading to work your business instead of being a cog in the wheel. It's something to look at, to think about, because if you're spending your time doing and have no time for the thinking and planning, the strategizing and forecasting, then you are holding your business back. And let me ask you this, do you see opportunities that are just crying for you to take advantage, but you can't because you don't have the time or the skills, maybe you take your, quote, spare time or borrow time from socializing or, God forbid, sleeping and try and learn those skills because you know that opportunity will up your income potential. Or maybe you weigh your current list of activities and responsibilities against the time and the headspace required to master that skill. And frankly, you don't need that business or income anyway things are just fine thank you. My friend break out those metaphorical scales weigh things up and take a clear look at what is more important. Do you want your business to stagnate and lose ground or do you want to continue to grow to make more money to sell it off and retire off the profits or whatever your initial goals were when you sat down and wrote up your business plan. You have a business plan right? At least you have goals direction in which you were aiming, right? And look, the answers to these questions are personal. There are no right or wrong answers. There are, however, right and, well, less right motivations behind making those decisions. If you are truly happy with the status quo, you wake up every morning happy with your lot in life, your bills are paid and the sun is shining, well, you rock on with all the happiness I can dream of for you. But if you're answering those questions with your fears whispering in your ears, that's something different altogether. Perhaps it's time for you to look at scaling. Yes, that is scary. Bigger is initially harder. It's an adjustment. It is more of a letting go and a step in a slightly different direction for the entrepreneur who has had to do everything. But this is your chance to hire someone who is skilled at what you either don't like or don't know how to do. There is an entire world of virtual assistants waiting for you to pick up the phone so they can manage the details of your business. There are social media managers who will run with your vision and make sure your messaging gets to the right eyes on a consistent basis. And there are bookkeepers and accountants whose jobs are solely to watch your numbers and advise on what's paying off and what is not paying its way. Yes. This means giving up some of your control, trusting someone else to take your vision on as their own and bring it to the world and mind it as if it was their own. But either you take the leap or you struggle to grow. And with anything in life, if you want something, there's always sacrifices. Control is the sacrifice here. And what's wonderful is that while you may be giving up some control, you're actually gaining expertise. The people you hire are hired because they're presumably good at what they do. Things that you do not relish completing and therefore aren't putting your 100% heart and soul into. Your social media manager loves crafting for Instagram and knows Facebook advertising like the back of her hand, bringing your products and services to new markets you hadn't been able to reach. Your bookkeeper loves crunching numbers and is so happy to be able to provide you with a snapshot of your business that will enable you to modify the products that aren't performing as you would like. That is information you probably would not have had to work with had you not chosen growth, released some control, and opened up to some specialized knowledge. Have you heard of Elizabeth Gilbert, the author of Eat, Pray, Love?, I once heard an interview with her, and she had a really interesting theory on ideas. She believes that ideas float in the air, in the ether, looking for somewhere to land. When you are open, they sense it, and they land on or in you, and that's your aha moment. But there's a time limit on their landing. If you don't act on that idea in a certain indeterminate time frame, that idea will leave you and find someone else who will act on it. And that's how you get these great ideas and then lose them. She feels that if you act, the idea strengthens. It becomes alive and it takes root inside of you, growing. I love this theory. It really makes sense to me. It helps make comprehensible that mystery of having the life-changing idea that eventually disappears into a vague memory if you don't do it. Now, like I'm paraphrasing, she has this beautiful way of describing it, but by hiring someone who is able to take your blah jobs under their passionate umbrella, you are freeing up time and brain space. That time and headspace has essentially been freed up for an idea to land and take root. You can devote all of that saved energy to what actually floats your boat. You know that crazy awesome idea you had a while ago? You can have time to put it into motion if you're willing to hand over some of the responsibility, some of the control to someone else. Otherwise, you are holding your business back. And I know that's not who you are. Hey, thank you so much for listening today. And if you like what you heard, I'd love if you could hit the subscribe button and leave me a positive review wherever you're listening. It doesn't cost you anything but an extra minute of time, but it means a lot to me. And if you really like what you're learning, head to JaniceFogerty.com and sign up for my weekly email. You'll be the first to know about the new episodes and the other plans I'm working on. So make sure to meet me, same time, same place, next week. Until then, stay safe and thank you so much.